0: Matthew chapter 5, if you have a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 5 this morning. The book of Matthew, chapter 5, will be absolutely awesome. If you are there, shout yes. yes. Keep encouraging me just like that, and this word will come out okay. Come oh, on, fantastic. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, and I'm going to read this morning from the Message Bible. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand shine keep open house be generous with your lives by opening up to others you'll prompt people to open up with God this generous father in heaven by keep keep open house he says be generous with your lives by opening up to others You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. What a passage of Scripture. We can close our Bibles and go home right now. If that doesn't challenge your life, then get saved, find Jesus in this church this morning. I love this passage of Scripture. I love how it starts where in the message translation, it simply says, let me tell you why you are here. Last year, I got home from a trip, and I did a lot of... trips last year and I I got home from one trip. I couldn't tell you what it was, but it was in a different time zone, you know, at least America, if not further. And I got back from the trip and uh, when I I got back, you you know, you you feel a bit jet lagged the first few days that you're home. And God's normally good to me. I'm normally fine when I'm in church, but then I'll I'll go home and, you know, night is day and day is night. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I'm kind of walking around and I'll never forget the kids had gone to bed and... Uh, I was just about the affairs of my day and my night. And, you know, I don't know what I was doing, but I'm wandering around. And into my head comes this thought, I, I need to go to the supermarket. i got to go to the supermarket. And so I, I go downstairs and I I grab my keys and, you know, go outside to the car. I hop in the car. I, I drive down, get on the motorway. You know, I get off. I, I pull inside the, the countdown, you know, car park. And I get out and I, I walk into the supermarket. And I'm there inside the supermarket. and, And I do this often, but, you know, I'm standing inside the supermarket and I ask myself the question, why did I come here? Am I the only one who's ever asked themselves that question? What am I doing here? I'm in the supermarket. For what purpose did I come here? I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to revisit the steps in my mind. You ever done that? I'm standing there in the supermarket and I'm going backwards through. Okay. I grabbed the keys. I grabbed the keys. What was I doing before I grabbed the keys? Was I upstairs or downstairs? I'm looking for the trigger. I'm looking for, you know, you reached in to find the, the, you know, the peanut butter and it wasn't there. So you grab the keys and you go to, I'm looking for, did I run into razor blades? You know, you know, what, what was it that made me go to the supermarket? It, it's not coming. I'm wandering up and down the, aisles ever get this bad you know across the front bit you know the checkout counters are on one side aisles are breaking on the other side I'm looking at all the aisle line signs you know looking for something anything that can trigger my mind as to why I am there nothing comes into my mind I end up as a true story just hopping back into my car and driving home from the supermarket empty handed and to this day have no idea why I decided to drive there. It's easy in life, isn't it, to kind of be about the stuff of your life, the activities of your day, the other Sunday I went to drive to church, you know, and I, I was going to drive to church and and I was tired, I, I, you know, this is the theme of my life, isn't it? And, and I, I was tired, i have been, you know, just flowing in from somewhere and we had church the next day and, and I kind of, I, I got up, you know, and I, I get ready and I'm going to church but then, you know, as I'm driving to church, you know, th- there's an autopilot that happens to you when you get on the motorway. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know where your off-ramp is. You know where you're going. And obviously five days of the week, I drive to the church office. I haven't told anybody this story, by the way. Some things are best kept secret. But on a Sunday morning, I literally, you know, was driving to the service, and I don't know where my mind was. I'm thinking about so many things, lost in the airy Ferry, and I drive straight past the Keys turnoff, straight past the Thorndon turnoff, straight past the Karori turnoff, through the terrace tunnel, turn the wrong way when I get off, you know, on Vivian Street, and end up literally inside the church car park at the office. Not here, at the office car park. I'm thinking, where are my lazy staff? Where is everybody? How come I'm the first one to arrive? Suddenly it dawned on me, this is not Monday. This is Sunday. I have forgotten the reason why I was there. And friends, it is so easy in life to start off at one moment With a clear sense of intentionality, knowing what you're there for, knowing why you're on this planet, knowing why God put you right where you are, knowing why you set off on a journey to get where you were going, but then to get where you're going or to get off track on the way there, and whether you're in the right place but forgotten the reason or in the wrong place because you've forgotten the reason, it's so easy to get off track in life and miss the reason why you were here. This passage of scripture challenges me to the core because it just begins with a simple statement. Let me tell you why you were here. I don't want you to be vague about it. I don't want you to miss this. I don't want it to be kind of subjective. I don't want it to be open to interpretation. In fact, I'm going to say it to you one way. I'm going to say it to you another way. But I want you to know by the time you've read this passage of Scripture, the words are in red. Jesus said it. And Jesus said, I want people who follow me to understand the purpose for them being on this planet. See, I reckon what Jesus is looking for from Arise church is not a generation of supermarket aisle wanderers. He's looking for purposeful shoppers. He's looking for somebody who understands the reason for their existence, the purpose that he put them on this planet for. Oh my gosh, because when you are awakened to purpose, your life can count for a significant thing for the kingdom of God. And God doesn't want us. He doesn't want our church just going on autopilot, running through motions. He wants us to know why we are here. And the answer, he says, you're here to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. You're here, your purpose. I want you to turn the person next to you right now and say, he's talking to you. Tell the person on the other side, he's talking to you. Now point the finger at your own heart and say, he's talking to you. You. Me, we, us, no person exempt, no person beyond it. He's not speaking just to extroverted people. He's not only speaking to people who think we should be more active in the community. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of the world. If you've lost your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? Can you chuck it up on the screen behind me, these verses as I read them out? Because the words are so significant. If you've lost your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? See, Jesus is literally saying, church, you've got to understand it, that the reason why you are here is so that you can be salt. In other words, you can flavor the earth. And then he says, if we lose that, there's a flavor lost in the earth and the witness of Christ is taken from the world. Man, how many people know that this is not only important to know, it's imperative to know. That when the church loses its saltiness, the world loses God. The next part is even more challenging. I'm just going to go for it today. The next bit says... If you've lost your saltiness, you've also lost your usefulness. And then he says, you're basically going to get thrown, you'll end up in the garbage. There's no purpose for salt. What is salt without saltiness? It's probably just another variation of dirt. It's a mineral without a mineral. It's just stuff that occupies the ground. And God's saying, I didn't make you just to be another speck of dust on the planet. In fact, I took you from specks of dust, and I made you significant. I made you minerals. I made you valuable. I put you here for a reason. Oh, come on. In fact, God extracted us from the dust of the ground and put us where we are because he saw value in what other people thought was nothing. Somebody give the Lord some praise this morning. We're here to be salt. We're here to be salt. We're here to bring out God flavors in the earth. And the next thing goes on and says, You are here to be light, to bring out the God colors, the God flavors, the God colors you're here to be light. You're here to take a room that is covered in darkness and your light begins to shine and people begin to see that they they walked into an encounter with you and it felt like their entire future was in the dark. No hope for tomorrow. We've got stories like this in our church. I mean, you know, when we've been back down to Christchurch and revisited the places where we had our response to the Christchurch earthquake and people begin to give us their stories about how they thought this earthquake was not just the end of their house, but was the end of their future. And then a loving Christian turns up in their life, not just with a loaf of bread to eat for lunch that day, but a heart that is shining the light of Jesus. Come on. And when that light begins to shine, that suddenly they begin to see that it's actually not all darkness around them. There are shapes and objects and colors and life. Oh, oh, I reckon we're here to give light to hope in the world. Jesus said you are the light of the earth. He also said you're the hope of the world. Man, think about what's on your life. You're light for Jesus. You're here to shine His light in the world in which you live. That's awesome, man. I haven't got webs coming out of the palms of my hands, but I've got light coming out of my heart, and Jesus put me here to be His light. Somebody's just realizing right now, I am Superman. You you are Superwoman. We're here to be God's light. We're here to be God's salt in the world in which we live. So you've got to understand it, that the Apostle Paul said, that in, in 2 Corinthians, it's not going to come up on the screen, but in 2 Corinthians 4, he said, God made His light shine in our hearts. He made His light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the, in the, in the, in the face of Jesus Christ. He made His light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So when you come to know Jesus, you get the light of Him living inside you. But I want you to understand that the moment the light of God gets inside you, it's trying to get out from you. He said, man, I haven't taken occupancy in your life, so that then you could kind of cover it over. In fact, the Bible even gives a comparison between Moses who had a veiled face because of the brightness, and us, we, who now are called by God not to live our lives with veils, but with unveiled faces are reflecting His glory. Come on, somebody give the Lord some praise. We're here to be salt. We're here to be light. We're here to bring out God colors in the world. A Christian... It's called to be light for God. See, friends, if we're going to put this all in a summary, what I feel is just the word of the Lord over our church at the moment. And all year, I feel like God's been moving us sequentially from simple principle to simple principle. But long ago, as a preacher, was I able to uncouple myself from a need to be deep in order to be responsive to God's word. It's not about the profoundity of the content. It's about the instancy of the obedience. Come on. How many people you know, it's often the same people saying, feed me more, feed me more. And God's saying, why? Because you didn't apply what I last said to you. I want you to understand that we're here to be salt. We're here to be light. Church, you and I are here for a mission. Literally, we are here for a mission. And the word of the Lord over our church at the moment is mission. The reason why God put us here is for mission. Mission, to be defined, literally means to be salt and to be light in the world in which we live. A Christian without a mission is like salt that is no longer salty. There's no purpose for salt that is not salty. A Christian without a mission is like a light bulb with a broken filament. There's no purpose to a broken light bulb. If we've lost our saltiness, how will people taste godliness? See, I want you to understand, church, that everything God's looking for from His church is effectiveness in His mission. It's what He wants from us. It's what He expects from us. So many times I think sometimes we look at the church and we say, well, that's a, that's a worship church. You know, that's a teaching church. You know, that's, that's a prayer church. And that's a, that's a youth church. Oh, and that church, that's a, that's a soul winning church. And we offer up different directions that the church is possible to go down. Like, like somehow it's okay to be a teaching church, but not a soul winning church a worship church but not a soul winning church a trendy church but not a soul winning church a praying church but not a soul winning church no 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 no. there are on mission churches and off mission churches there are people who know why they're in the supermarket and people who forgot the reason why they are here there's only one reason the church exists and it's to fulfill the mission god called it to fulfill There's only one purpose, while we're followers of Jesus, and that's to be salt and light in the world that he's put us in. Come on. We're here to be salt. We're here to be light. We're here to bring out the God colors in this world. This is through the entire Bible, by the way. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. You've heard it before. Let me say it again. God said go and he never said stop. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Not so that you can get a tingle. Not so that you feel a warm blanket of love. Not so that you can have another vision. I'm all for warm blankets of love for those who need them. I mean, I'm paying it out, but I'm not against it. But the reason why I need the blanket is not so that I can go home and ignore people around me. The reason why I need the constant, constant infilling of the power of the Holy Spirit is that i got so much of God, I just want to give it away everywhere I go, everyone I talk to, every person that I meet, every conversation that I have, every need that I see, every challenge that I encounter. I'm able to say, Jesus has been there for me and He'll be there for you. You'll receive power and you will be my... Witnesses, this is your mission. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task, the mission, the mission that the Lord Jesus has given me, the mission of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Not just the Apostle Paul, every single believer. It's called to testify to the mystery, the wonder, the gospel of God's grace. I want you to understand that we are here for a mission. See church, let me take this just one step further. God does not have a mission for His church. He doesn't. Many people think like, you know, you get into the church and then you get a mission. No, no, it doesn't work like that. God does not have a mission for his church. Quite the opposite. God has his church for his mission. He has a church because he has a mission. He's not like, well, here's my people. Well, let me give you something to do. He says, no, no, no. I've got something that I want to do. How am I going to do it? I know how I'll do it. I'll create the church so that the church can fulfill the mission that I have in the world. We're on a mission from God. We're on a mission from God. We are the Blues Brothers of the 21st century. We're on a mission from God. I want you to understand, church, that primarily, it's not about ministry. It's about mission. Many people, many Christians can get lost in a worldview that it's all about ministry. But how you participate in the church is not just by rosters, it's by participation in His mission. God wants every one of us. Involved in our church through participation in his mission. Involvement in the mission of the church is of greater importance than involvement in the ministry of the church. Because a church needs ministry, but the church is a mission. It's so easy in Christianity for us to emphasize our ministry. We have a worship ministry, an internship ministry, a children's ministry, a youth ministry, a young adult's ministry. We have a production ministry ministry They're Levites unto God. They they build the house of worship so that we can then come to God and offer up our sacrifices. We want them to understand that they have to be, if they're in production teams, they're not just able to, you know, kind of mess around, live loose lives, and then be in the production team because you're not on stage. No, no, no. Levites were set apart to God, and and it's a very important ministry. There's ministry to this, and ministry to that, and ministry to need, and a prayer ministry. Ministry and listen, every ministry is important. Every ministry is important. We need to teach people, pastor people, lead people, pray for people, organize people. Mission ministry is important, but I want you to understand that of greater importance than ministry is mission. See, sometimes people say, How can I get involved in this church? And, and often I just do this little check in my mind. Because the question is, how can I get involved? But the paradigm is one of ministry. And God is wanting us, church, to get a bigger paradigm of what it means to be involved. It's not, it's not about being in a roster. It's about being in a mission from God. God's looking for every person in this church. None of us are exempt. We are part of a mission from God. We're on a mission from God. Our mindset can be one of ministry, but God is looking for mission. See, ministry is to the church, but mission is to the world. Mis- ministry may improve the church, but only mission expands the church. Oh, come on. How many of you have been in a church like that one? It's all about ministry. Everything's inward. We've got saints so holy. We've got pew sitters so pure. They don't eat, drink, smoke, you know, they don't you know, they don't smoke, smoke, eat, they don't drink, smoke or chew or go out with girls that do, you know, I mean, uh, you know, they've hidden their TVs in little corners in their house, you know, you know what I'm saying, you've met these Christians, it's like we've perfected one another to total irrelevancy, we, you know, we couldn't connect with a lost person if you asked us to, we don't know how to speak without saying praise the Lord every second word, come on, you ever been in that place? And God doesn't want the church to just become so perfect through ministry that it has no impact in its community. He's not asking us primarily to get it all right. He's asking to let us he's asking us to let it all out. To let everybody in our community know that Jesus is alive and real, active living in our hearts, the reason for our purpose. Come on, God's looking for some broken, wounded, yet to be perfected. God's still working on me, people. haven't got it all together. My life's not entirely right. I, I, I still mess up. No, don't expect perfect from me, but expect love from me. Expect grace from me. Expect truth from me. Expect a caring heart from me. Because I'm not here for ministry. I'm here for a mission. Somebody shout mission. We're here for a mission. We're here for a mission, not for ministry. See, I want you to understand, church, that God calls some believers into the ministry. He does. He calls some believers into the ministry. But every believer is here for his mission. There's no separation when it comes to mission. Every single one of us are part of it. See, I want you to understand that if we grow the size of our church, I mean, it's just exploding at the moment. Our church here in Wellington just absolutely going crazy. Arise as a whole is going crazy. We've seen so many people, you know, come every Sunday and we're, you know, God's blessing it. And I'm all about that. Thank you, Jesus, because God wants us to have a church that is large enough to make a difference and so personal that it cares for every single one. It's not an either or, it is a both and. But friends, if we grow the size of our church without growing the missional buy-in of our church then we just grow our seating capacity but not our sending capacity and Jesus never said I am seating you he said I am sending you come on somebody God is sending us he is sending us He is sending us to the lost. He is sending us to the broken. He is sending us to the hurting. He is sending us to the impoverished. He is sending us to need. He is sending us to addiction. He is sending us. He's sending us to every race, every creed, every language, every background, to every arena. He's sending us to sport. He's sending us to media. He's sending us to politics. Our God is sending us. Come on. For his mission. See, I want you to understand that God's got a mission. I'm preaching pumped up today. Come on. We're on a mission. See, the next part of this verse says God is not a secret to be kept. (laughs) He's not a secret. So I think at times it's easy as a Christian to prefer to be a secret Christian. Sometimes it's just easier, isn't it? Some rooms you walk in, I know it's probably more true for certain people in this room than it is even for me, but you walk in there and you're just like, you kind of have to gear yourself up. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, am I going to do this thing, this public reveal in this room or not? Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's family Christmas, and you're the only believer. Anybody know what I'm talking about right now? I'm saying sometimes it's just easier to keep it a secret. I'm not saying it's right, but let's let's give everybody a load off. Sometimes it's just easier. Sometimes it's easier because, you know, it is kind of like convenient to have your light and be able to kind of use it when you want it. and hide it when you don't want to hide it. Every parent in this room knows what I'm talking about. When you set your kids up to sleep, you strategically place lights. Because if it's pitch black, then they might not go to sleep, not my children. But if there's too much light, they're not going to go to sleep either. So we want just a little bit of light, but not enough that it truly wakes people up. And sometimes it's easier. You know where I'm going right now. Sometimes it's easy just to have a little bit of light that can kind of get you through a dark day. Encourage you when you're feeling a bit down. You know, be with you in times of difficulty. But not enough that people around you are kind of like, wow, that is a bright light. Let's discuss the light. Could somebody turn off the light? And God's looking for some Christian who's going to understand that they were there to be light. He never wanted us to put Him in hiding. He just wanted us to let him out so that the world would know that Jesus is alive. Come on, arise. Come on, arise. He's not a secret to be kept. You don't take your light and hide it. You know what Jesus said? I'd make you fishes of men in the time that I got remaining. Can I break that down for you? The band might need to come up because I've gone way over time. But you know, I got I got some great stuff. We're gonna talk about coffee next week. It's gonna be good. <laughs> in this in this city, you always get a lot of love when you say I'm gonna talk about coffee next week. It's like, yeah, really, I'm coming early now. <laughs> you should all come early. It's because all lateness is selfishness. So notice how I said that with a big smile. Late.ness is what I'm doing is more important than what everybody else is doing. Come early. Anyway, let's get back to another really challenging topic. But Jesus said, <laughs> "Jesus said, I will make you fishes of men." He never said, "I will make you anything else." I'm not making some people fishers and other people teachers i'm not making some fishers and other people prayers i'm not there's only one one form one image one likeness that jesus is making you and i into and that likeness is his likeness and he said you can characterize characterize that likeness as being like a fisher of men Now, I'll be honest with you and say, in the natural, not talking about, you know, what Jesus is talking about, but in the natural, I hate fishing. They should call it waiting. I reckon if God wanted me to fish, he wouldn't have invented a wakeboard. Come on. I don't want to sit on the water. I want to walk on the water because that's what Jesus did. But over summer, I had to learn about fishing because my son, whom I love, I'm into rugby. That's awesome. I get to stay on the side of the pitch. I participate in the practices. He does soccer now. I'm into that. Fishing. I love my son. So we're out there, you know, and I I realized some fundamentals. Okay, to go fishing, you basically, you just need a rod, a reel, line, then the key things are you need a hook and you need some bait. Fishing 101. Many many Christians think that when Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men, they think he's meaning, I will make you dynamite fishers of men. You've met them, haven't you? The dynamite fishers. You know, they kind of light the fuse, wait for it to burn down, throw the stick into the water and the fish are either number one caught dead or number two, getting as far away as humanly possible from the explosion that just went off. And I don't think for a second Jesus wants our church to be dynamite fishers. But you know, fishing is actually pretty simple. Will and I caught a fish our first time ever trying. Then it broke the line and got away, but we caught the fish. It was this big. But basically to fish, there's something that's up to the fisherman. Right, you've got to fish where fish are. Right, so the prayer meeting's a bad place to fish. Okay, all right. Take mental notes right now. But where you are, when you are where fish are, to be a fisherman basically means you have to take your hook and your bait and you throw it in the water. Listen, the rest is up to the fish. Jesus didn't say I'll make you catchers of men. He said I'll make you fishers of men. To be salt and light is not a heavy deal that every person in our church needs to go around to a neighborhood like got my dynamite fuse lit. <laughs> Do you know Jesus? It just means you take the hook, you put on the bait, and you throw it in the water. So this is what I do. This is what I fish every day. I fish for men. Every day. Whenever I meet people, I'm sitting down on the plane, person next to me says, what do you do? For me, it's easy. I got it right there. I could say I am a communicator. I'm in voluntary sector management. No, man, I just say, I pastor a church. They always say, You don't look like a pastor. I say, Thank you. Thank you. That's the most encouraging thing anybody's ever said to me. You look too young to be a pastor. It's 20 bucks. Thank you for that. That was worth that. I'm taking it. Praise God. Come on, when people ask me my email address, I've got two. I'm arise.org.nz. That works. It gets to me. But I felt like God just said to me about two or three years ago, why do you use that one? Because it's quick. No, no, no. Because you don't have to fish. Because I'm rolling my son, you know, into rugby. I don't know, maybe he's a hater at the other end of the phone. But I'm like, my name is John C. at arisechurch.org.nz. Arise Church, write it down. Arise Church. Okay, so you work for a church. The line's in the water. Now what's going to happen? Sitting on the side of the rugby, you know, with the parents. So grateful that we've got him in a Saturday morning team. You know, it's awesome. We try to get him the soccer. And the dad's like, "Oh, you're the guy who called me about soccer." And I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "You had to pull out your son, and and so did uh, you know Caleb Burrows got pulled out the last minute." And I said, "Yeah, man, we love it. We'd love to have them involved in it, but it was just on a Sunday morning. Why can't you do Sunday morning? Well, we, we're at church, and that kind of matters a lot for us, you know. And I'm not being heavy. I'm not trying to make the guy feel bad that he he's not the devil. The leagues on a Sunday morning. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying?" We're in church. Come on, man, I'm just fishing. Look, if the bait is not delicious, then they're not gonna bite, alright? It's just fishing. I gotta tell you one story. I gotta have a time, but I've got to tell you the story. It's really funny. See, so God just wants you to fish, church. Every day, He just wants you to fish. Being salt and light is just about having normal people who don't know Jesus in your world. By the way, can we back that up by saying, be a normal person, all right, who loves Jesus, who has normal people that don't know Jesus that are in their world. That's what I mean. But, you know, and they can be unnormal, but you have to be normal, all right? Let's start it there. Let's rid the world of serious Christians. But, you know, it's just about putting the, putting the bait out. You can't control it. So then what happens? Sometimes the flight attendant, when she finds out I passed her church and we're sitting uncomfortably row, you know, you're, in, you're uncomfortably close, you're in row number one and they're in an exit aisle that's right there. And you kind of feel that need to, you know, shuffle to one side of your chair. Sometimes when I say I'm a pastor, she'll go, oh. But man, I, I mean, I, I've, I've had them, they've cried, you know taken the opportunity to talk to a pastor. I've been planning to prep, spend 40 minutes just sharing with them. Not once have I led somebody to the Lord on an airplane, but I reckon I've led a lot of people closer to the Lord on an airplane. I can't catch them, but I can fish for him. So last year, is a funny story. I was going up and down on a England, America, South Africa, all within six weeks. And so when I went to England, you know, just gracious enough and the ticket and people that were, you know, putting it together and helping it make it happen, flew me to England business class, which I've got to say is awesome. (laughs) Did you have a problem flying business class? No, I have a problem going back. I'm like, dear God, your will is that I'm up there. It's definitely your will. So I walk in, I'm like, this is awesome, man. Look at this thing. It's got a it's got a beard that folds down. I'm like, this is this is this is where I belong. I love this. I, I sit down, you know, I'm kind of like a little bit wide, you know what I mean? It's this is just would you like a drink? Four! Give me everything. Oh I want a Coke, a lemonade, you know, I want a diet Sprite. Give me it all. I want it. Do you want nuts? I want nuts. I want the nuts. Give me the nuts. Yes, they're warm. Are you serious? Give me four. I pull out, my, I pull out my, you know, my laptop, my Apple laptop, my iPad. I pull out my iPhone. I put them down. This lady on the other side of the aisle says, y- you know, can you help me with my iPhone? Because you saw all my Apple stuff. I said, sure I can. And it's like this little cone of the plane. There's 12 people there, I think, or 16, and everyone's kind of got their own little space, you know? So I get up, I cross the aisle, I'm loud, you know me. I swallowed a megaphone when I was born. (laughs) So I'm just like, well, this is what you do, you know? And she's trying to send a photo to a friend. I'm like, oh, you don't text it, you email, you know, just sit her up and send the thing. She's like, thank you. I'm like, no worries. I sit down, you know, I get lost in the flight. We take off, you know, I'm I'm listening to the stuff, eat my dinner. I take my headphones off at the end of dinner and there's a couple sitting next to me, married couple. And uh, the husband, the sitting on either side of the table kind of having dinner. And she says to me, she says, uh, he says to me, we've been trying to work out what you do. I said, why? He said, because, you know, you're the youngest guy on the cone of this plane. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. You know, and, and, and you, you, we're thinking, how did he get up here? How did he get up here? And they said, we thought, we thought you must be either in IT, because I helped the lady, right? Or you're in media because you've got every known Apple device known to man. No, no, I'm just a sucker. All right. So I said, Doom, you guess. You guess what I do. He says, All right, I'm up for it. We've got 14 hours, you know what I'm saying? We spend the next 30 minutes. The next 30 minutes, and he's like, well, you, "Are you in this?" I said, "No," and I just started dropping in clues. You know, um, you know, we whittle it down. It's like, you know, finally I said to him, "No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm an. I'm in a not-for-profit. I'm a not-for-profit arena." So he's like, "You're a not-for-profit who's in." And then, you know, and then he keeps on going. He's like this and that, and it was just it was building. And then and then uh, I, you know, would I have heard of you? You might have. You know, he's like, he's like, he's asking me all these questions, um, and I'm just telling him more and more and more about. It. It's it's only nine years old, nine years old. I might have heard of it. It's based in Wellington. He lives here in Wellington, and we're just talking. He couldn't get. It. And eventually, thirty five minutes later, I've told him the whole testimony of a rise church without telling him that I'm a Christian or that I pass through a church. We have thousands of volunteers. We're involved in the earthquake in Christchurch. You know, I'm, I'm I'm telling him everything. You know, the Salvation Army came to us for help, Red Cross came to us for help, the City Council. So, the Christchurch City Council were handing out business cards about the organization that you lead. He's trying to wrap his head around it. 35 minutes later, I said to him, I am a Christian and I pastor a church in Wellington. His jaw drops. <laughs> then we spend another 30 minutes. Talking about Jesus and God and people coming to faith. It was an absolutely awesome time. Come on, man. How many people know? You don't have to get a different personality. God's not asking you to dress it up. He's just looking for every person in this room to wake up every morning and just say, Today I'm going fishing i got my light, and I'm not putting a bushel over it. I've got my salt, and I want people to taste it. I'm going to walk in every room knowing that Jesus is with me, and I'm going to do some fishing today. And church, everybody in this room is here for a mission. We're all being put by God on this planet for a mission the reason why we are here is for a mission come on somebody shout mission come on every person stand to your feet and give the lord a shout of praise give the lord a shout of praise come on come on this morning who believes god's put us here for a mission this morning who believes that god can do anything who believes that we're always victorious in him